trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues here in Columbus And all around the world I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Rachna Dingra Environmental and social activist Who works in Bhopal, India with the survivors of the world's worst industrial disaster, the 1984 Union Carbide India Limited Corporation's poisonous gas leak, killing thousands of people. She works on the issues of medical care, research, social support, economic needs, assessment, and cleanup of toxic waste, legal claims for appropriate compensation, and corporate accountability of Union Carbide and Dow Chemical. She works with a group called Bhopal Group for Information and Action, and also with International Campaign for Justice in Bhopal. In 2003, she quit her job in Michigan and moved to Bhopal to work with those exposed to poisons of Union Carbide and Dow Chemical. On December 3, 1984, in the middle of the night, 40 tons of methyl isocyanate, or MIC, and other poisons leaked from Union Carbide's Indian subsidiary plant in Bhopal, in the state of Madhya Pradesh, India. Talk about what happened that night. So this was a pesticide plant being run right in a very dense neighborhood in the middle, in the capital of uh, a state of Madhya Pradesh called in a city called Bhopal. Um, at night, there was a leak of uh, one of the intermediate uh, uh, chemicals that was being used to make this pesticide. No one uh, around the factory, uh, living around the factory, knew uh, that such a toxic chemical was being manufactured just, you know, uh, 50 meters away from their houses. So uh, when this uh, and this this gas that started leaking uh, was basically a very um, a dense gas. So it was low on the ground. And people, most of the people who lived around the area lived in uh, not so concrete houses. These were maced with thatch roof. These were basically slum areas where people were living. So the gas entered their house and there was t- total chaos. People didn't know what to do. Their eyes were swelling up. They couldn't stop coughing. And they were all running in the direction of the hospital. I mean, even if their PA system was working to tell the people do not not run outside, cover yourself with wet cloth, cover yourself with blanket, make sure that that gas doesn't go into your body. It could have possibly potentially saved thousands of people. Here, women were aborting right as they were walking or running. Uh, People were dying in their own uh, body fluids. Uh, And when they were, and the faster they were running, the faster they were dying, because that's what this gas was, uh, this gas was doing as it went into the bloodstream when they inhaled, and it caused massive damage to eye, lungs, brains, immune, reproductive system. And Carbide, Union Carbide Corporation, to this day, uh, refuses to reveal the toxicology of gases that leaked in that on that night, hence making absolutely impossible to get any meaningful and sustained relief, uh, even 39 years later. So within th- uh, three days, 8,000 people died. 
And and so far, about twenty five thousand people have died as a, as a, a, a result to gas exposure related illnesses. And half a city was gas, so more than half a million people were maimed uh, on 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 that night. And because of that, you know that there are a lot of problems that we will talk about. But just to put this in context, uh, this was an American corporation uh, called Union Carbide Corporation, which has now been taken over by. Dow Chemical Corporation, which is, again, the number two chemical company of the world. And not a single person, not a single executive has gone to jail, even for a day, for killing 25,000 people and injuring half a million people. And gas disaster was not the only thing that happened. Uh, the disaster in Bhopal has not stopped happening even till today uh, because of the way Union Carbide dumped all its toxic waste in and around the factory and outside the uh, factory. Uh, we are in a position now where about the groundwater and soil of about 200,000 people living around the factory is highly contaminated uh, with organochlorines, pesticides, heavy metals. There is mercury that has been found in mother's breast milk. And some of these chemicals that are still in the water and are being found are persistent organic pollutants. That means they will persist in the environment and in people's bodies. Wow. It's considered the worst industrial disaster in the world. And I'm honored to be talking with you and to hear, and our listeners are honored to hear from you what has happened and what is going on now. I'm curious, I did read in your website, um, the International Campaign for Justice in Bhopal, that the lead up of the plant, the plant was not built in code, like the one, the similar plant in West Virginia was. They made shortcuts, they cut costs, they took people, employees, cut their hours. And then, so let's hear a little bit about the quality of that plant. And then I want to hear about what happened after this disaster. What did the local leaders, how did they deal with it? So this was not something that happened overnight. This was a disaster in making, right? Uh, I mean, uh, this plant was actually, uh, U.S. government played a big role in setting this up. In fact, Henry Kissinger was one of them. Um, so they ensured that Union Carbide uh, got a loan uh, at very low interest rates to build this bank. It was from Exim Bank. He even got uh, the then prime minister of the country to uh, make changes in the regulations so that the American corporation could have a majority stake stake in that company. That means Union Carbide Corporation USA. But to, but it is true that Union Carbide had a sister plant in West Virginia in a place called Institute. And if you were to compare just the differences, you know, um, one here, they had turned off the refrigeration system in order to save something like $30 a day. And MIC, the gas that leaked, methyl isocyanate, had to be kept at cooling temperature. They had cut down the uh, number of hours that they would train people in terms of safety training. There in West Virginia, it was six months and here it was in 15 days. So there was a global economy drive that was run, uh, running to basically cut costs. Uh, cut cost. Then uh, they made sure that they would store MIC in high quantities here. In West Virginia, it was only being stored in 10 metric tons. And here we had a leak of 40 tons because so much more was uh, uh, being stored. And the, on the night of the disaster, there is a thing called vent gas scrubber. So basically, if there is a leak, this the job of this uh, 
instrument or equipment is to make sure it will scrub the gas, that, that it will take away all the toxic stuff. But that was not working on that night. The PA system was not working on the night, so it could have told people. So there was, and, and Union Carbide came up with its own report just in 82, which pointed out that there were 18 hazards in the MIC plant and they should be fixed and none of them were ever fixed. So this was a disaster in making where the lives of the poorest uh, were considered dispensable before uh, before bottom line profits. And not that it just not that it has just happened in Bhopal, it continues to happen all around us even today. It does. And our local leaders, you have to understand the power of the perpetrators versus the power of the affected. People who were affected here were 49% Muslims and the other uh, 48% people who were affected were uh, were Hindus, but they are on the they are they belong to the Dalit community, the low what what is called the low caste, yeah, whose lives do not matter. So and the and the power of the perpetrators. So they you know Union Carbide and Dow come from uh, very close connections to the U.S. government, to the U.S. military complex. So, I mean, they have manufactured napalm, Agent Orange, Manhattan Project, uh, you know, at the atomic, uh, the Hawk uh, Hawk, uh, Hawk, um, uh, Tunnel, you know. So so they have their closeness. So from the very beginning, uh, from the time of uh, very beginning, the emphasis is how can we uh, bring down the impact of the disaster? So, So when I was saying this till today, we do not know the toxicology of gases. So this is what they did. They negotiated a deal with the government of India where and never revealing the fact that the exposure to MIC will cause permanent injury, that there will be no injury just for one day. And the compensation was given for $500 uh, for lifetime injuries to 90% of people who were exposed. And that $500 took anywhere from 8 to 14 years for people to get it in their hands. Yeah. For dead, they received something like two thousand dollars. Yeah. And but again, so you so Union of India uh, and Union Carbide Corporation basically ensured that there should be no liability put on them. And and so if you look at it, it costed them thirty nine cents a share. That's what the cost was of killing 25,000, gassing half a city of half a million people and contaminating the groundwater of two hundred thousand people. I read that in the beginning, even the local officials um, would cover up the the automatic um, medical um, treatment of this kind of gas exposure. It was, um, and some of the volunteers discovered it. Can you talk about that? Yes, there was a there was a German scientist because see this when this came out everyone in the world wanted to help yeah we mm. still live in a good world you know one, one should believe in that so there was this German scientist uh, in fact a toxicologist who came to India and he said if sodium it right after a few weeks after the disaster his name was Max Donderer and he said that if people are given uh, sodium thiosulfate it's an injection uh, for a duration of five to six days it will make them feel better because it was in a way of antidote in antidote union carbide was not revealing anything to the doctors they were just saying oh give them it's like tear gas just put something on their eyes and it, it will be better and doctors were saying that people are dying in front of them like flies and no walk, putting water is going to help them so when the solution of sodium thiosulfate came 
in fact, government started administering it. There were a lot of uh, volunteer doctors who had come and we had actually opened a clinic in the factory itself. We'd taken over the part of the factory and lot of and we were administering a lot of people with sodium thiosulfate. And the, in, uh, the research agency of government of India, the Indian Council of Medical Research was also doing it. And in our little um, people's health center, we found that if we gave this to people uh, and we made them do, we didn't have a lot of equipment at that time, but, but if we made them do sit-ups, their respiration rate and their heart rate would be better. Like they were not huffing and puffing so much as they were. And and we were meticulously collecting data on this, which was showing uh, good results. Even the government was showing good results and the research agency was. But then a circular came out from Union Carbide saying that they do not believe in the efficacy of sodium thiosulfate and that it should be banned immediately. And government of India and, uh, you know, with deep collusion that they had, the government of India, uh, government of Madhya Pradesh banned it, arrested all these doctors who were volunteering their time to administer this injection and were booked under the charges of sedition and were jailed. And that clinic was raised down. And in 2004, that is 20 years after the disaster, the medical research agency, ICMR, basically said, yes, the sodium thiosulfate had worked. It was helping people. The reason it was helping people, because it was making people secrete thiocyanate out of their urine. So when you say that thiocyanate was being secreted out of urine, that means exposure to MIC was not just external. It was not just to eye. It had means had gone into your bloodstream and had potentially impacted every part of your body, in, including the fetus if the mother, if the woman was pregnant. So the liability of the corporation goes up tremendously. It is no longer a temporary injury. It is no longer a minor injury where 93% of the survivors have been categorized. Uh, it is no longer $500 worth. It is no longer a 39 cents per share worth. So in order to do that, in order to do that, they, 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 you know, they, there was a lot of thing happening with, with the government of India, but they made sure this happened. And that is exactly what is the most disturbing pre uh, precedent. Yeah, even 40 years later, Carbide can, can say that, oh, it, your your injury is not because of that, because everyone, and now we know, now we know that Union Carbide carried out studies in Carnegie Mellon. We, we This was hid from the government of India. They carried out studies in late 60s and 70s, um, which was never revealed, never revealed, neither to the government nor to the people exposed. And for so many years, we have been saying, if you can't do anything, if you can't give compensation, the very least, release the study. So at least we can see what are, we can see what are the long-term impacts and our doctors can treat our people effectively. At least release that. But again, they, uh, they say it's a trade secret and they will not. Trade, trade secrets. Mm -hmm. We have trade secrets here in Ohio with the frac fluid. What yes. they use when they frack shale for natural gas, and they don't tell the first responders, the doctors. I mean, it's it's a secret. It's yes. a corporate secret. Um, you were born in Delhi, India, educated in business at the University of Michigan, and then you returned in 2003 after your first job with, ironically, Dow Chemical, mm -hmm. to join the People's Struggle in Bhopal. Talk briefly about your journey into being an activist. An advocate. Yeah. Um, 
I do not come from any line of activist. I was I, um, I so I was a student at University of Michigan in uh, '99, and a local uh, ecology center. Uh, and I was also part of an Indian group uh, there. And uh, and a local ecology center wrote to us saying that there are people from Bhopal who have come to Ann Arbor, and they would like to speak to anyone who cares about you know environment, anyone who cares about at that time they were talking about climate change as well pesticides and uh, but mostly about corporations putting profit over people's health and environment and uh, so I like most people you know say Bhopal that is something happened in when I was seven years old I thought it was all settled that everything had been and to my shock when I went to here uh, there were actually doctors who had come who had treated people on that night and and they were saying how things were actually worse than they were uh, in Bhopal in 1999, which is 15 years after the disaster. And they had come to Michigan because that's where Dow headquarters is. And they were asking Dow that you cannot just take only the assets of Union Carbide, but also you have to look at liabilities. Because at that time, we knew that Dow Chemical had put aside uh, money to take care of Union Carbide liabilities in U.S., for asbestos workers, but when it came to Bhopal, it, it was a complete double standard. Yeah, so we people from Bhopal had come to attend the an annual shareholder meeting of Dow Chemical to say this is you should uh, at least release this information, and you need to take you just cannot take its access, but also its liabilities, and that is how I got involved. And uh, in 2000, I graduated from the business school, and my first job was with this company called Accenture. And my client was Dow Chemical. And I looked around around all the people, um, you know, and I saw these were very sympathetic people who really cared about the environment, you know, who would really, and human rights and about medical care. And I... And I tried for two years trying to change and trying to make them look that these are people who are suffering. This is not something that happened in 84. This is an environmental disaster happening there. People are not getting clean drinking water. Children are being born with birth defects. The least we can do, the least we can do is listen to them. Yeah. And I realized none of this, none of this would work because corporations do not ha have any soul. They only have a, or a heart. They only have one thing, and that's allegiance to bottom line profit. Yeah. And so however nice the appearances from the outside and however good the talk is, they can never walk that talk. And that is when I decided that I will... I will go to Bhopal. I had never been to Bhopal before that. And I would go to Bhopal and, and see what is what it is like to be there and and what the situation. And that's when I decided to go back. And in 2003, it's almost been 20 years now. And I continue to fight with the most brave and most tireless people who believe that, uh, that there should not just be a justice in Bhopal, that if there is no justice in Bhopal, and that if the precedent is that corporations can come and kill and pollute and give 39 cents per share and and leave a generation of children with birth defects they they, they cannot get away with this so it's not just for people of Bhopal it's for all over all people of this world who believe in a toxic free future like people of Ohio who are fighting yeah against because you do not know what 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 all the chemicals that are going into your ground yeah and what is ironic is that this country United States got is law the right to know law which which is you know what is being emitted into the ground and air and from Bhopal disaster 
Yeah. So whether it is East Palestine, where a similar disaster like that happens, a train derailment happens. And again, that train derailment happens and the chemical that leaks is PVC, which is the Dow is the biggest producer of that. People there also don't know what is going in their water. People in Ohio want, don't know that uh, what is what are the chemicals that are being uh, uh, you know putting put, put in the ground when this whole fracking thing is happen ha- will happen and how that will impact their water bodies and environment. So and that and we don't know this because I think corporations like Dow and Union Carbide and Exxon and Mobil and we can name them all have realized that we can just put, you know. We can control some people in the government. We can put out some advisories and everything will be okay. You know, I mean, there is a big Intel plant that is coming up in uh, Ohio, right? The largest in the world. The largest in the world. Five million, no five million gallons of water a day. Yes, five. And 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 should people uh, around the town who are living there in, in, in that area, should they have not have the right to know what will happen to their area? The massive number of trees have been cut, cut down. In fact, I went and visited that place because I wanted to see that myself. And, and people have, first, people have no idea. And they, all these uh, deals are negotiated in, in, in revolving door, uh, I mean, back, back doors or uh, or board meetings where things like this uh, are considered business as usual. So yes. as long as that is going to be considered business as usual, as long as people who have been uh, who have done this in Bhopal are not held accountable, things will not be dif- be different in Ohio or Louisiana or or any place uh, you know in 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 the world. That's right. In fact, I just interviewed um, uh, two farmers from Alexandria, and they're putting two asphalt plants on either side of this small village of 600 people on top of their aquifer. And it's it's uh, it's not um, Intel, but the um, asphalt is for Intel's build out. Exactly. So and and under the zoning laws and under all the, you know, the gobbledygook that that they give you to keep you, you know, guessing and thinking you can do something to do it. These folks are beginning to get wise and stand up and fight back. And it's small compared to what happened in Bhopal, but it's an indication that we cannot afford to, to be defaulting and be unaware because corporations don't have a soul and they care more about their bottom line than the people. And I'm with you on that one. I would like to ask about your group. You have two groups that you work with, Bhopal Group for Information and Action, and then the International Campaign for Justice in Bhopal. What do you do with this group? And, and what is your ask? What, yes. is the, what are these groups ask? Yeah, so I'll briefly talk about uh, ICJB, which is International Campaign for Justice in Bhopal. So basically, uh, try to work with other communities who are fighting similar issues in their country yeah that's why you know i'm you know i'm in ohio i'm in Med- i'm trying to speak to people in louisiana and ohio river valley and uh, texas where in fact 120 petrochemical plants are proposed yeah um and not just in us but all over the all over the all over the world uh, so um so right now actually you know you know dow chemical has been summoned to appear in the bhopal court but it refuses to because the U.S. Department of Justice, who is supposed to serve the summons onto Dow Chemical, 
does not do it. They have not done it for the last six years. They have refused the calls by the Indian government to do so. So I am also here to talk to representatives and Congress people that this is this is a treaty between two countries and your government is not abiding by the treaty to protect a corporation that is wanted for culpable homicide in our country. How, <laughs> how can this be normal? Um, how can this be accepted? Yeah, because it was not ex- acceptable when, you know, I, I know uh, British, but when there was a Gulf of Mexico, uh, you know, disaster with the B- BP thing, at least it happened in some town about manner. I know no one went to jail, but at least there were massive fines on people who did it. And there was cleanup that happened. All we are saying that this person needs to show up in the Bhopal court for the very least and they won't, the US Department of Justice won't even do that. So I'm trying to meet some people, uh, some Congress people uh, and ask them if they would support a letter uh, to DOJ where this could happen. So that's one of the things ICJB does basically um, and uh, using our demands because we, we would like Dow to clean up its toxic waste that they have left behind at the very least. We would like them to pay for the medical care for children who are being born uh, with birth defects um, and we would like to abide we would like them to show up in the criminal cases that they are facing in India yeah <laughs> and um, and for the and and you know for the U- US government we would like them to do this, whatever is necessary under the under the law to make sure that Dow does that. So, I mean, that this whole thing of because you are in India and because your lives are not uh, valuable cannot, cannot fly. I mean, to me, um, this is just another example of environmental racism. And the lawmakers who talk, the EJ caucus who talks that talk cannot talk it only for people in US. If their corporations are doing this in other countries, they need to take a similar stand. So that's what I see the other group we basically work on uh, local issues that was set up in back in 86 but we do um, basically advocacy work day-to-day legal work um, making sure that uh, the medical care that is meant for Bhopal gas victims is going to them because there are high rates of cancers and tuberculosis and many and neurological and kidney problems among the uh, among among the gas uh, victims even though Union Carbide was supposed to build a hospital for them they built a hospital but that hospital has no doctors and no specialists so making sure uh, social support happens to them uh, that uh, at least some kind of dignified pension goes to women and children who are who have been widowed and uh, orphaned as a result of a disaster because there is a whole set of uh, and documenting because government of India refuses. I mean, while government of India has filed a case against Dow Chemicals seeking damages for environmental damages and for com- and compensation for uh, causing. Heart, but they won't pursue it in court. I mean, it is in court, but the hearing never happens. So we make sure that, that those hearings happen, at least bringing new evidence. And obviously, uh, the because the source of the uh, the poison has not been cleaned up, the contamination continues to spread because it is all underground. So we do close monitoring of how the contamination is spreading. First, it was only in seven communities, 14, and now it's up to 42 communities surrounding the, uh, the neighborhood. So we present that data to the government so at least at least at the very least they could get clean drinking water okay Um, rachna please tell our listeners how they can get more information and find your websites Yes. So um, you can learn uh, more about this on www.bhopal.net. 
so www.bhopal.net um, I will also leave my email ID you can reach to me personally as well um, uh, rschnya at gmail.com we are always looking for volunteers uh, you know who have expertise in environmental issues engineering issues medical issues please uh, reach out to us if there is something you can do here in US um, in reaching out to Congress people or if you have connection with other communities who are fighting similar battles please connect us so we can jointly lift up each and every one of our struggles what is that website again www.bhopal.net all right thank you so much for your work for your advocacy for your humanity (laughs) and for being here with us today on grassroot ohio thank you so much for having me you can stream Grassroot Ohio on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.wgrn.org and on Sundays at 2 p.m. at www.wcrsfm.org. And you can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.